Now we appreciate all who have come to the meeting this afternoon. There's every temptation to stay away, but we're thankful for those that have come. Trust that those that are saved will be blessed in hearing again the message. And for those that are not saved, that you might have come with a real desire for God's salvation. You know, really, there's only one type of person uh, that uh, obtains salvation, and that's the person that cannot live any longer without it. I remember the purpose meetings in the week that we have begun, Monday to Friday at 8. We'll be back here uh, in ministry of the Word of God. And by invitation to consider some assembly principles Monday night from Matthew 18 and 20, the person in whose name we gather. And then on Tuesday night, in the will of God, to gather our thoughts in the upper room to the blessed Lord himself and the pattern established by the Lord as he instituted the feast in the upper room as recorded in Mark 14. Now, it's not our thought to uh, present these truths in a legal way or in any legislative way. We trust that we'll all be focused upon the person of Christ and that God will be exalted and the person of Christ will be brought again evidently before us. For those of us saved for many years, trust with freshness, and for those that are young in the faith, that in the nights that proceed in the will of God, the privilege of the assembly, and the preservation of the assembly. What can I do as an individual to preserve assembly testimony in these last days, rising to the great sword on Friday night in the will of God to the pillar on ground of the truth? That brings us through to Friday evening, trust you'll be able to come back. And then the usual meetings next Lord's Day at 11.30, the breaking of bread, and 3, the Sunday school, at 4.30, the prayer meeting, and at 5, for the gospel meeting, and the speaker expected is Mr. Walter Boyd. Mr. Boyd, the same hour, 5 o'clock. Next Lord's Day, for those that can gather in the hall, and perhaps others that listen to our voice Outside all meetings in the will of God, and all are welcome. It says, your word is a lamp to my feet, and a light on my path. Turn with me, please, to John's Gospel in chapter 3. John's Gospel, chapter 3. Just a brief reading, well known at verse 14 and 15. John's Gospel, chapter 3 verse 14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. We know God will bless the reading of this word actually the words of the blessed Lord Jesus Christ himself. I often remark at the simplicity with which the Savior preached 
when he preached the gospel. Some of us have been thinking in this hall already today of how he said, I am the good shepherd, laying down his life for the sheep. And then again, what more simple language could he use when he said, I am the door by me if any man enter in. We passed in through the door, we're here. Uh, and we had a little thought about the door, but the Savior preached in that simple way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And even in John's Gospel, chapter 3, how he took up simple everyday occurrences. It's fairly still today. But you know, quite often in Ireland, there's a wind even. The wind, the wind bloweth where it listeth, he says. And though in the verses that we have read just now, he took a passage from the Old Testament. And you know, really humbly we would have to say, if he hadn't preached it, I would hesitate to take it up myself. But he preached as Moses lifted up the serpent, a serpent of brass, and set it upon a pole. Even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Simple illustration of the plight of those that were sinners and the provision of God's salvation and in between the simplicity. And we've sung it again and again tonight. Look and live. The background to the passage is Numbers chapter 21. And where the story, the relevant story begins, Numbers 21 verse 4, they journeyed. Someone in the prayer meeting just now, a few moments ago, reminded us that we're all on a journey. All on a journey. And you know, it quite amazes me uh, at the rate to which uh, hours become days and days become weeks and weeks become months and months become years. And here we are. And well, here we are in the, the month of September 2023, speeding through another gospel meeting. And so it goes on, friend, whether bound tonight in the journey of life, uh, the passing of the day of grace, and we're on the very verge of the Lord's coming. And if ever there was a day, friend, when we need to preach the urgency of the matter of God's salvation and preach it's now, sinner, now while God is calling, now while the shades of night are falling. Friend, just very simply, if maybe there's somebody just kind of careless about these things, but you still know that you're not saved. Right? Well, Friend, when was there ever going to be a time when you call a hop? How long is this going to go on? Is there ever going to be a time, friend? Well, again, I emphasize it. If you got saved in Ballyclare this evening, if you got saved tonight, dear friend, in this town of Ballyclare, well, you mightn't be the last to be saved, but you certainly would be numbered amongst the last. Yes, the journeyed impressed me as he pondered it today. And as they journeyed, Numbers 21, verse 5, it tells us about what, what was characteristic of them. 
It says at verse 5, the people speak against God. Friend, I'm asking you tonight, are you right with God? Or in this matter of salvation that you've toyed with and pondered over, is there somewhere, dear friend, in your thinking that you blame God? The God that we've already expressed before you gave his son to Calvary's cross. God who devised the plan and sent it down. And in the next verse in the passage, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Oh, friend, there's something about John chapter 3 that brings this thing to black and white. And there's no neutral ground about it. He that believeth not the son shall not see life but the wrath of God abideth on him. And then it says that the people speak against God and the murmurs against Moses, God's deliverer. You know, friend, in all your failures, if you're not sinned, if you're not saved, never criticize the people of God. Never criticize the people of God. I used to sit where you sit. Sat in the back seat on the Lord's Day. Went to the prayer meeting and kneeled beside my father. Used to watch those. Sat on the other side of the table at home and looked upon a father saved out of a drunkard's life. Dear soul, I tell you, in my boyish thinking, there was a desire in very early days just to be numbered amongst the people of God. Never criticize them. You know, I was thinking this afternoon about the man in Luke 16. Well, you know the story about him. And he's in the depths of hell. But you know what it says? He saw Lazarus afar off, afar off, afar off. You sit beside them, dear friend, in the seat in the gospel meeting, but still not saved. How's this going to work out? Will it be that you... Behold them afar off, afar off. You see, God was gracious to them. When they thirsted, they gave them water out of the rock. When they hungered, he rained down manna from heaven upon them. That was like the, the word of God. No appreciation of the word of God. That, that holy volume that you have with you, I trust you read it. It's able to make ways unto salvation through faith that is in Christ Jesus. Mind your soul to be sad if in the caverns of the damned you look back and remember the face of the redeemed as the man of Luke 16 did. Oh yes, and not only did he remember Lazarus, but he remembered a home and where there was. It says they, they, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. What's that? That's the Bible. Hmm? Maybe you possess a, a Bible. When the flea leaf has written your name, presented to you in Sunday school in Ballyclare Gospel Hall. Wonder, friend, is it going to be a factual in making ways unto salvation? Or are you going to remember to your damnation in hell? Hmm? Murmured. Despised. They went on, friend. They yearned. They yearned for Egypt to go back. To go back to Egypt. 
slavery, sin. What is it, friend? It's not the attitude. Give me just a little longer, for the world seems nice and bright. When I feel that I am dying, I'd be saved, but not the night. I don't know why it comes to mind, but years ago out in Minnesota, Mr. Martin and I had gospel meetings, and they brought us down in the summertime, tent season. They brought us down and showed us a sight. Minnesota is the land of 10,000 lakes, a lot of lakes in Minnesota. The broadest showed us a lake where there was a beautiful site for a tent just on the edge of a lake. And they said there had been meetings there. But one night coming out of the meetings, when the men were tying up the ropes of the canvas tent, there was a car passed by. It was a beautiful evening and the car window was opened. And a hand came out with a bottle of intoxicating liquor. And the voice of a young man said, For you the language of the hymns, give me just a little longer, for the world seems nice and bright. When I feel that I am dying, say but not tonight. One of the men that were tying up those ropes was called by the police in the early hours of the morning back to the same site, back to the same lake, a little harbor down the way to watch the car being brought out of the waters, the coffin of his boy, only a little longer. I don't know who I'm speaking to tonight, God knows. But I trust the Spirit of God is working. What's the answer? I ask these sinful people, the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people. The burning seraphim, is that the, that's, the, that's the meaning of it. A bit the people, much people of Israel died. Now they were out in the, the wilderness in a very barren place. And I'm certain, sure, there was always snakes and scorpions and uh, uh, all those type of things in that location. But God had withheld those dangers. And God had preserved them. And God had brought them through this far. A wonder, friend, day and daily, every inch of the way, every day that you spend in the mercy of God, God has held back. He has held back. That's why, friend, we're in the meeting at all. God is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish. As you think of the way people live in our day, and the morass of sin and the quagmire of corruption, and the stench that goes up before the God of heaven, and above all the rejection of his Son. Isn't God so loving, so patient, so long-suffering? You see, friend, you and I, as born creatures in the scene, we have a problem, and that's sin. And the sting of sin is death, says the Bible. That's eternal death. 
Friend, tonight you're in the meeting. A commendable young woman, and a, a, a good boy in the home, and an older one in the gathering. But friend, once we sat where you sit, and we had to discover, friend, that there was a deadly virus, and it ran in our system. There was an injection of poison out of the natural man, the fiery darts of sin. Dear soul, those very early life, the tantrums, the temper, the tongue, poison of asps, says the Bible. And then, friends, sin develops into those lethal tumors, fatal tumors, lethal inoculations of poison into that which is fallen humanity. Friend, we all belong to a malignant depravity. Hmm? All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You're not safe, friend. There's lately those that you can look down upon and those that you can criticize. And I wouldn't like to be like them and I wouldn't like to say what she said. All that reasoning. But oh, that's just adding to sin for us. That's an obnoxious sin. That's the sin of pride. Do you see, dear soul, I tell you, here they are. And there was the difficulty they had. That venomous vapor. And the vapor of sin for which there's no human cure. It's not cured by bright services or nice singing or melodious instruments or a happy, clappy service. No, 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 friend. It's the matter of sin. I'm bidden, dear friend, as I stand here. And the commission is to preach repentance. Repentance. We would all rejoice with you in salvation. Heaven's waiting for you tonight, friend, to get saved. And you know there's joy in heaven. Joy in the presence of the angels over one sinner that gets saved. That's right now, but that's not what the way they, they turned in the Bible. That's not the Lord's head. Joy in the presence of the angels over one sinner that repenteth. Have you got it so? Repenteth. You see, these people got the right word when they said we have sinned. Genuine repentance. I think maybe it's the next chapter. Balaam says the whole thing uh, in the next chapter. And it was only a false, false words, a false profession. Repentance and remission of sin is what is to be preached. Hmm? The man got it right, you know. The other man could straight into the temple and appear in the presence of God and, 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 and float out all his boastings and pride. The man... You remember that story the Savior told, going up to the temple, but he wouldn't go in. At the hour of prayer, as the smoke of the evening sacrifice arose, he stood outside, he bowed his head, and he said, God, be merciful to me, the sinner. That's the right language. The prodigal said, I have sinned. David said against thee and thee only have I sinned. Paul says when it comes to the sinners, I'm in the front rank as the chief of sinners. Was the 
He made a, a brazen servant, put it upon the pole, the Old Testament language. Make thee a servant of brass and put it upon a pole. The Son of Man must be lifted up. Oh, friend, I tell you, oh, yes, this is the way the Savior preached. The one that, friend, left the glories of heaven and the brightness of his glory and as a Godhead, unveiled it all, dear friend, to appear down here as a son of man who came to seek and to save that which was lost. The brazen serpent, you know, it wouldn't have been a brazen serpent on a pole if it hadn't passed through, passed through the fire and passed, passed through that way of heat and formation of that which was brass. Friend, I tell you, we present unto you a perfect man at God's right hand in all his rightful possession as he sits upon the eternal throne, a resurrected Christ. But the Bible begins with the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. You see, friend, I want as best I can. I'll not be able to do it the way the Savior did it. But I want to find, before we leave, friend, focus your thoughts to the provision that was made in Christ. I ask to be lifted up, the flagstaff to be lifted up, the ensign to be lifted up, the banner of love that is lifted before the gaze of a perishing soul in John's Gospel, chapter 3. I ah, ask the beacon of the cross that shines across down through the ages of the present day of grace. That message that has been heralded abroad. Oh, dear soul, there was many sinners in Numbers 21. But there was only one serpent of brass. We were instructed as we, we listened to our brethren in the, in the prayer meeting just a few minutes ago. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Friend, the message we preach, and it brings a preacher to any man, is that there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus, one God, one mediator, one sacrifice, one way to heaven by faith alone in Christ alone, who died alone upon Calvary's cross when he was lifted up. Oh, friend, I tell you, there were thousands that were bitten, and they all needed the same remedy. The Savior said, if I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. It is the, the preaching of the cross, the mission of the cross. It didn't make sense, you know, really. This lifeless serpent, Paul a pole, but you see, Joel, that's the way the Savior preached. For he came not to live but to die. Our earlier thinking today, the shepherd laid out his life for the sheep. Came to lay down his life upon the cross. After all, it was just a lifeless piece of metal. It didn't appeal 
uh, to uh, reason. But friend, the message of the cross is that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he rose according to the scriptures. The point being, friend, that the one to whom they were to look, they were to look to the one that was like the one that bit them without the sting. My Savior came in the likeness of sinful flesh to meet the need of the sinner. Listen to this verse. God hath made to meet upon him, not as Christ. God made to meet upon him the iniquity of us all. He hath made him, God hath made him to be sin. That's not just a sin offering. God treated his son as the awful, heinous wretchedness of my sin. He was wounded for my transgressions, bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. With a stripe I am healed. As a little schoolboy had appealed to me that God's word is what I believe concerning his son. And if God's word says he was wounded for my transgressions, faith saith the chastisement of my peace was upon him. Remember telling the preacher and he didn't believe me. What's the preacher walking away? He doesn't believe me. We don't hear a story of a little schoolboy. But you know, well, I said to myself, he was wounded for my transgressions, no matter what the preacher thinks, no matter who or what or what they're going to say. Yes, go on my transgressions, and now I am free, all because Jesus was wounded for me. And when he looketh upon it, when he beholds, he looks, he looks expectantly. It's an attentive look. It's look expectantly, the look of faith, to see with his eyes, to be attentive in his gaze, to look of expectation. So I know it's a heavy evening, and I'm going to prolong the meeting, but what was the story? They weren't told to fight the serpents. You know, we are plagued with all sorts of crusades and trying to overcome the habits and the processes of powers of sin. That'd be no good. Everybody else bitten by the thing. Not told, told to make an anointment and put anointment. You know, if you put a, put a plaster on the thing, you wouldn't see it. You wouldn't see the bite. Just cover it over. Plaster of religion. A poultice of good works. What good would that be? And all the time there was poison in the bloodstream. I wouldn't do. Not told to. Well, he'd have to go to his tab- the tabernacle. Go to your place, man. Go to the place. I've told you already. I was going to the place. My knees and beside the father in the prayer meeting. Sitting behind in the, in the remembrance meeting. Well, that was a place, all right. Moved out about that, but friend, I tell you, I didn't see my Fight off the serpents. Make a point, anointment. Go to the tabernacle. Well, you search. One thing you'll have to do, man, is bring an offering. An offering. Friend, in the matter of salvation, you're not told to bring anything. Not even bring your heart. 
Don't give your heart to the Lord. You see, people work at this believing thing. Some of the older preachers used to say, it was terrible English, but it got to the point. Believing never died for you. Now, I don't want to confuse anybody. And they want to link on with Christ. But it's Christ and Christ alone. Well, so somebody talked about a man saying a prayer. Well, friend, you can say the Lord's Prayer backwards, but it's not by repetition, it's by repentance. Oh, dear soul, not to look at their wounds. They could lay in the desert sands and perished as a result of the bite of the venomous creature. Look at pity of me. Look what's happened to me, that God won't save me. There's people like that about, you know. Tis thyself thou art discerning, not the dying Lamb of God. Not told to look to others. Well, I'm betting, but it's not as bad as him. And anyhow, she deserved it. Friend, could I say, from the wise man's words, if thou be wise, thou shalt be wise for thyself. But if thou scornest, thou alone shalt bear it. Well, there's one sure thing. What's he going to do? He's going to look to Moses. Hmm. Well, Moses was a good man, and Moses had the law, but you know, the New Testament says what the law could not do. What the law could never give life. I think we sang something, a verse, something like that. It's not by works of righteousness. Not by works of righteousness. What is it? We repeated it again and again. Look and live. That is, look away from self to the God-appointed object of faith. It was a very snowy day. The usual preacher hadn't turned up. There wasn't many in the building. Our young man was sitting in the pew and eventually having ascertained that there was nobody else around to preach. There was an old preacher got into the pew and he took us his texts. He took us his texts, look unto me, and be saved. All ye ends of the earth, for I am God, and there is none else. And so, look, look unto me, look unto God, look unto God. Look unto God and be saved. And he labored it and he labored it and he labored it. And he labored it. For he wasn't really uh, an articulate preacher. But then he got to the point again. And he looked down his audience that snowy morning. And he said, look, man, you look me, young man in the, in the pew. You're here today and you just look miserable. He says, look and live. And the young man, see it, Spurgeon, he often said, I looked, I looked, I looked, I looked. I looked my eyes out. He got that sight by faith of an uplifted Christ. Those of us who are saved, we have never seen him except by faith. And we're looking forward 
with that assurance of sins forgiven. A little day of service, but when all the praying and all the preaching is finished, and we reach heaven, and we look out upon that far-stretching land, and surrounded by the loved ones that have gone before, we join in the anthems of the redeemed. But there's one thing above anything else. I'm longing to see him. To gaze upon him. Just to gaze and gaze and gaze and gaze. Dear brother, dear sister, will we ever turn away? We pity you, soul. If you've never had that look by faith, I've said about the simplicity of the, of the scriptures, simple illustrations from the faculties of the body, the eyes, without a movement, look and live, the hearing, without your soul anything that would jar the note. One of the last faculties is the hearing. Faith cometh by hearing. When the faculties of the body recede and death approaches, it's a mercy to put just a little, a little dampness, a little water upon parched lips. It's a bit like that in the closing chapter of your Bible, you know. The water of life freely. Oh, friend, look on life. Accept by faith. Taste and see. Watch again. If he was here himself, he would preach. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And the next verse, friend, is the promise of holy scriptures from the word of God, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Oh, friend, we trust you leave the meeting, the happy possessor of eternal life, 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 eternal life. Jesus alone is the giver. Stoop down and drink and live. Tonight, dear soul, our prayer is that God will open your eyes to look. Oh, give the faith their sightless eyes his loveliness to see. Shall we pray? Our Father, again, we thank thee for the Saviour. We thank thee for uplifted Christ upon Calvary's cross, lifted up between heaven and earth. Central and divine purposes from that which is past and that which is future. Lifted up was he to die. It is finished was his cry. Now in heaven exalted high. Those of us who are saved, we want to say, Hallelujah, what a Savior. Bally clear in our latest moment, we pray in the gospel meeting that some soul might see, see their need, see their sinning, turn to Christ, and know the forgiveness of sins in with us, to see him in heaven, 
and to gaze upon him for the great eternity. Magnify thy name, honor thy son, answer the prayers of thy people, complete family circles. Save tonight, we pray, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.